Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the podcast here. And thank you, as always, for joining in and uh, listening to what I've got to say about my thoughts on the market right now. So uh, first up, I did want to say uh, happy Mother's Day to all that celebrate, uh, at least here in the U.S. I don't really know if that's a worldwide uh, holiday or kind of just a, a U.S. thing. But uh, if you celebrate, happy Mother's Day and uh, thanks for all that you guys do. But uh, yeah, we've got, uh, you know, we're kind of wrapping up that earnings season. We're trying to get our uh, our footing as to what's happening with some of these names and really trying to figure out where we go from here, what the Fed is going to do, what the debt ceiling looks like, and really all these unknowns that are out there right now. And there's, there's definitely two camps of people that think, you know, the world is going to end and uh, everything is doom and gloom. And then you got people th- saying that, uh, you know, the S&P is really... Uh, in a good spot. It's really been holding fairly steady and um, things really could, you know, be spring loaded if we get some of these things start to go in our favor. Uh, at least if you're a bullish on the on the market outlook, that is, if you're bears and you're short, uh, that might not be uh, your favorite thing if uh, some of these, un, you know, unknowns start going right for us. So, we will ultimately see what's going on there. Uh, I have not looked at the, uh, the FedWatch tool for the, uh, uh, to see what the Fed's going to be doing next. Last time, we were about 94% saying that we weren't going to get a hike and only about uh, five point uh, something saying that we were going to see a 25 basis point hike. Uh, those numbers, I'm just updating now, those numbers have changed. It is now only 84.5% saying that we're going to remain unchanged and 155 uh, saying that we will get another 25 basis point hike. So those numbers have uh, climbed you know, about 10% saying we might actually see uh, a hike in June on the 14th when we get uh, that latest report. We'll also have a CPI, I believe, on the 13th or the 12th of June. And, you know, we'll get a little bit more information about what's going on there and really what's going on around the world as far as, uh, you know, these inflation numbers. I just saw something crazy saying that uh, Argentina's inflation year over year was like 100% and they're trying to do everything they can possibly think of to get these numbers back in line. But man, it is it's crazy situation down there. So I guess we have to be grateful uh, for the fact that uh, us here in the US anyhow, only are seeing about a 4.9% increase year. Yeah, is that year over year? It might be higher than that. I, I forget what that last number was, but uh, our numbers are much lower than what some other countries are around the world. Um, and again, I think that leads to uh, a lot of people remaining bullish on the fact of cryptocurrencies. I know we've got a lot of things going on uh, going forward forward with uh, you know Bitcoin, Ethereum and all the investigations and, and the, all the crackdown that's trying to go on in the federal government here in the U.S. As to what we're going to do to try to uh, limit some of these gains and what kind of regulations that are, that are going to go in place. And we'll, we'll cover that in a little bit. But um, yeah, so uh, I'm definitely curious as to what happens here with this uh, this next rate hike cycle, and then uh, really what our money is going to be doing after that. So hopefully we can get some kind of clarity. I think uh, this uh, FedWatch tool put a little bit more fear in the market, as uh, you know we might start seeing and talks of another hike if things come in too hot. 
So that is all kind of up in the air right now. But uh, there are certainly some things that uh, really do make sense when these rates, you know, kind of start settling down. We don't have these uh, rate hikes. We've actually see some either a pause or a cut. And then I think things are going to go the other way for us. But uh, where do we want to position ourselves? You know, we definitely talked about, uh, you know, being in some utilities, being in some safe stocks, being in some of those large cap techs that were really oversold. Uh, a lot of undervalued names out there that really did make sense to me. Uh, we've been looking at those in the investing challenge over the past couple of weeks here. And um, yeah, some of them have worked. And, you know, we talked about some of them that have not. And uh, really, you know, kind of all in between, like, you know, the the large cap names are are obviously a, a little bit uh, more steady. And some of these small cap names in the, the Russell 2000 is now... Um, being outperformed or not even outperformed, but the size of Apple is now bigger than the Russell 2000. So we, we've really got some disconnect there as to what's going on in the top companies versus what these smaller 2000 companies are doing. And uh, there's really a mismatch there. So we're trying to really see if the, uh, the Russell stocks, the small cap stocks can start rising back up. Uh, there's been a ton and ton of fear in those names. And it's really been hard for that, uh, that group to really outshine um, you know, these large cap names, they kind of thought, hey, th the small caps could be their year. They could definitely start seeing some things go in their favor if rates come down and with the, the borrowing isn't as expensive for them and they can really get their footing again. But uh, it hasn't really done that yet. So we're really waiting to see when we get the green light to go ahead and buy these small cap names, the growth stocks and kind of see the, uh, you know, reinvigorated interest in these uh, these small cap names. But for now, it's just not the spot that I want to be. So I can't really come on here and tell you, hey, this, these are going to work. That's not really what I'm seeing. At some point, they will. At some point, the growth stocks will start to uh, be back in favor, maybe when rates get cheaper or at least having a pause. And then we'll kind of get some more interest in those names. But uh, as we're going forward here, uh, you know, I just had the, the investing challenge portfolio pulled up. And now I cannot find it. But uh, yeah, we did have five names from last week and I already know which one won. So let's go ahead and do a quick recap. We had AIG, we had AMD, we had SPG, CVX, and GS. So uh, AIG being the insurance group, I thought that those uh, would you know do fairly well. They're going to be more steady. We also had uh, a dividend hike from them that I thought could... Uh, do some good things for them, uh, get some more people interested as you are seeing a higher uh, starting dividend yield and uh, more people might be buying in for a little bit more safety plus a, a little bit more solid of a dividend uh, to boot. So that would definitely help. Uh, plus, I don't really have anything in that insur uh, insurance industry area. So I was thinking maybe that would be a good one to add into the mix. Number two was AMD. That one was really here uh, because I think that AMD, well, one, trying to part with, partner with Microsoft was a good thing. They are really trying to get into the AI realm and really put some competition in place for NVIDIA. So I thought that would be a uh, nice to see that AMD could compete with them. They definitely have been giving them a run for their money in the past few years. And uh, I still think that they've got some room left to grow that business. Uh, Simon Property Group was number three. And, uh, you know, the, the bricks and mortar mall shopping centers have uh, really had a rough run. We had uh, 
a lot of talks before the pandemic about uh, people just shopping online and really not having that interest to go back into stores. And then COVID hit and they got shut down. And then it was kind of slow to reopen and uh, a lot of different problems there, right? So Simon Property, I think that they have done well through all of these problems. They have been able to raise the dividend at this last earnings report. And uh, some of the fact that they still have the, the free cash flow to support a raising dividend really makes me think that, hey, you know, they, they've got it figured out more than we think they do. And we're not giving them an, enough credit for the things that they've been able to accomplish through all these problems. And um, could just be one that we could potentially put on our radar, get that 7% uh, starting yield or close to it, and uh, really kind of grow from there. See what happens with this one as more people have uh, more interest to get back out there and start shopping. And uh, as you know, some of the layoffs kind of slow down and people kind of get back into uh, full-time employment, maybe we're going to see some more renewed interest in going back to malls. And, uh, you know, just for the fact that we're starting with a close to 7% dividend yield definitely helps, uh, you know, have us get into this one with some safety as well. So that was number three. Uh, number four was Chevron, ticker was CVX. And I was talking about this one from the standpoint that uh, if these rates go down, if people start buying more homes, if uh, we have a lot of these different things going on where there's just a renewed interest in getting back out there, getting things built, building projects, and uh, just more demand on that uh, oil sector that uh, I think would definitely uh, raise the price of crude oil, which would help uh, Chevron and other oil makers make more money on the product that they are trying to sell. And uh, when demand is lower and crude prices are lower, under $70, it makes it really hard for them to turn a hefty profit. But uh, as those crude prices do come up, they should be able to generate more income off the products that they are selling. So that was number four. Uh, number five was Goldman Sachs. And now this one is uh, kind of a similar story. Like I, I really thought that if rates start coming back down, the IPO market's going to open back up. And why would that be? Because these smaller companies can get uh, more funding as the rates are uh, you know, steadying out or coming back down the cost of capital for them is going to be lower. And uh, ultimately, that's when a lot of these companies really want to go back into the market. As I, as I just said, the Russell 2000 is uh, really been hurting. And that's all those uh, small cap stocks. And uh, those are going to be the ones that are going to need to borrow a lot of money uh, to in order to weather whatever the economic situation throws at them right now. So uh, for those reasons, I thought that uh, Goldman Sachs, being uh, an investment banker that does a lot with IPOs and uh, funding of these smaller companies, I thought uh, when things do turn and we get uh, the IPO market rejuvenated and there's more investment banking, they should benefit from that as well. And if we do have those rates stay a little bit higher, we've got, uh, you know, they can make more money on the money that they are lending out. Uh, plus the fact that the banking, you know, all the banking institutions have really sold off after all of these uh, bank collapses and problems in the banking sector. Uh, a lot of those have been regional, but uh, you know, Goldman has also been punished for a lot of that as well. So um, I, I think that those are a solid five names to take a look at. Uh, ultimately, we decided uh, through a vote on the Let It Grow Investing page that we are going to be buying Chevron this week. So. Uh, CVX will get the nod. I will be buying that one for the investing challenge portfolio. Uh, 
on Monday. It's Sunday right now as I'm recording, but I will be adding that one uh, Monday around lunchtime. That's uh, normally when I buy uh, to really let some of that market volatility settle out and to be able to buy that one at a uh, more of a subdued volume and uh, let some of the, the market jitters kind of wear themselves out on Monday morning. So there was a document that was leaked about uh, Bitcoin and uh, Ethereum cryptocurrencies uh, by the uh, Democratic Party saying that there was ultimately going to be some more of a crackdown on crypto coins. Now, that had sent uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum down uh, over the weekend, and uh, Bitcoin's up a little bit at the moment, uh, up about three-tenths of a, of a percent here, sitting at 27155 but, um, you know, we did get back uh, to around 30,000 and some change uh, on the one month chart. So we are down about 11% over the month uh, on Bitcoin. Now, uh, it looks like the, uh, the Fed is still, or the Fed, the, um, the government is still looking to crack down on what's going on out there in the land of uh, crypto exchanges and uh, really what, uh, you know, crypto coins can be. So uh, Gary Gensler with the SEC is still saying that uh, pretty much all cryptocurrencies other than Bitcoin are going to be uh, viewed as securities. So, uh, you know, we're, we're still waiting to see what the final word is, really what the government is looking to do. But it doesn't look like the government wants, uh, you know, people to have this uh, um, these these crazy assets that are so volatile to, to really have, uh, you know, either on, on both sides of the coin. We really don't want to see people lose their fortune based on, uh, you know, an exchange that wasn't really properly regulated. But I don't really think that they want to see, you know, massive amounts of people become millionaires overnight for simply buying some new cryptocurrency coin. So it still looks like there's going to be uh, a lot of regulation that is up in the air. And uh, we're really trying to see what happens from here. But uh, this article here on Forbes says both the F SEC and CFTC are aligned on the fact that the SEC is the regulator to determine if crypto assets are securities. And the SEC has made clear that nearly all crypto assets are securities. Uh, and that was uh, from a memo from the SEC, I believe, and basically just said, end of story. That is what it is. And uh, we're going to get this thing figured out. But um, the memo called on uh, Democrat lawmakers to push back on Republican claims that they are working to provide clarity to the markets by carving out space for the CFTC, or the, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission in crypto. And uh, they went on to say that Republicans are proving that they really aren't serious about protecting investors and consumers. So they're, uh, again, in a fight here saying that, uh, you know, the Republicans aren't serious about really protecting these exchanges. They are, you know, kind of in the wild, wild west. They're on their own. But uh, it looks like Democrats are trying to take the other side of the coin and really regulate it. But I, I really don't know who's right in this situation. I don't know that either of them really know what to do with this. It seems to be a problem that was just kind of dropped in their laps. And they're really trying to figure out how to make it a political battle and uh, not really just come together and say, hey, this is what is going to be. It's more of a finger pointing match as it often is uh, in Washington. And uh, being that I've been here my whole life and, and you know, within 30 miles of, of Washington for that time frame, uh, I mean, that's that is what the city is. So um, at least in my my two cents, everyone's going to point fingers and blame someone else for for what happened. But um, yeah, so we're still really waiting to see what goes on here. But uh, 
in, in my mind. Uh, another, you know, blip on the radar. If we zoom out, yes, there's always going to be something said. And yes, it's going to, uh, you know, affect the, the pricing on the exchanges, on the markets. And, and really, we're going to see that. But uh, going forward, I'm still going to be looking to accumulate more. And uh, in line in that uh, proportional, uh, you know, value to my portfolio, probably still be about uh, 10%. I really don't want to get too heavy into crypto, but uh, I would like to be there if uh, if these coins rally and they can can make a fortune. And uh, that's kind of where I'm at right now. So uh, I'm still looking to buy more stocks, uh, about 90% uh, stocks to 10% uh, crypto. That's really how I'm set up right now. But um, yeah, so uh, just take all that with a grain of salt and know that that is going on out there currently. All right. So now looking forward, where are we really looking to put some money into week 21? Somehow we are already into week 21. I'm not too sure where this year has gone, but um, I'm still looking for opportunities out there. That's uh, that's kind of what we do on here as investors uh, and really people looking for opportunities and undervalued stocks. Uh, I think I might have found something here that uh, that might work for us. Now, CNHI or CNH Industrial, uh, owner of New Holland Case Equipment, uh, they reported earnings that were stronger on EPS and revenue that was in line. I believe they also guided higher and uh, they pulled somehow it pulled the stock down. Now, going forward, um, I'm trying to look at other industrial names that uh, have definitely sold off and I think are going to be uh, due for a bump up here in the in the short term. And uh, some of those names that came to mind, well, the first one was uh, Deere. Ticker is DE. And uh, John Deere is uh, currently sitting at 37398. Uh, but they came off of a high price of 448 uh, back in November. So they've moved down what about uh, $70 or so uh, over the past uh, six months. And now this one is sitting at a PE of 13.8. So they have traded down on that uh, that PE multiple that has corrected to a point where I think it's too low and uh, one that we really need to take a look at. So you're not getting much of a, of a starting dividend yield here, about 1.34%, but uh, you are getting a company that is really in the a spot where I think is going to be really necessary going forward. We are definitely concerned about uh, uh, food. We are certainly concerned with uh, you know erosion, climate control. Uh, all these things that, uh, you know, deer is really kind of centering themselves around right now. We're really trying to find new ways to operate equipment uh, with less emissions and, uh, you know, more uh, robotic controlled and AI and, you know, all the things that are all the buzzwords right now. Deer is really putting a lot of effort into getting those tractors into the, the next realm of what opportunities and possibilities are out there. So I'm looking at this one from a standpoint that I believe it's sold off. Uh, also, again, I think if rates are going to cool and potentially uh, even, you know, be cut by the end of the year and the fact that, uh, you know, borrowing costs could be cut and we're going to have more demand in, uh, well, one food, but also uh, building and things like that, we're going to see more demand for uh, the, some of these industrial companies. So we might have more commercial sales coming through and uh, really looking to build up these, some of the equipment that they couldn't get in uh, 
during the pandemic, 21, 22, things were really scarce to be able to get equipment. And now that uh, rates have gone up, people really haven't been buying as much. So I think now that, uh, well, when rates come back down, we're going to see more demand for some of these companies getting back to work, buying some new equipment, putting some of that capital to work. And uh, I think deer could be kind of at a, at a good spot to where this one could potentially be bought. Now, I'm not going to make the same mistake that I made with Plug Power. So this one is set to report on the 19th, which would be what, Thursday? And uh, we would potentially be buying this one the following Monday. So if it does have a miss, we could potentially get this one cheaper. If it uh, you know, doesn't raise that guidance, we might be able to get this one cheaper. And if, if things do go right, hey, we've got uh, some good news, uh, you know, backing the stock going forward. So I'm, I'm bullish on this one. I think that the price point, the PE gives us a little bit of security. We've also got uh, some strong uh, price targets here from from the analysts. So we've got, uh, I'm looking at Reuters right now. It is a buy rating. The five-year return is about 153% on John Deere. Ticker again is DE. From 23 analysts, we've got about 25% of upside. We've got uh, price to sales is uh, right at their five-year average of a 2.2. S&P 500 is also an average of a 2.2. We do have a 34% discount on trailing PE. Uh, their five-year average is a 20.9, and we are sitting at 13.8. The forward PE is a 12.1, and the five-year average is a 16.9. So that is also at a 28% discount. So in my opinion, this one is getting a little cheap. I think we've got some uh, renewed interest in building and uh, you know agriculture uh, coming up on the horizon where we're going to get some more sales into some of these industrial products. And uh, again, I think that they have just sold off too much. So the first one for uh, week 21 is going to be John Deere, which is the ticker DE. Uh, we've got a good amount of upside and we've got you know, a small starting dividend, but it is undervalued in my humble, humble opinion. Now, number two, this one is going to give us a little bit more dividend, but uh, a little less upside with a, uh, a similar PE. So this one's going to be Caterpillar. And a lot of the same principles apply here, but uh, Caterpillar is going to be more in, uh, you know, material movement, uh, not, not as much agriculture, but uh, mining, excavation, things like that. So really, when you think of moving uh, heavy equipment or heavy uh, material, Caterpillar is going to be there. And uh, excuse me, I'm going to take a drink here. So uh, now... This one is sitting at a PE of about 15 and a half. Uh, we've got uh, about a 2.3% starting dividend yield and uh, about 16% of price side uh, appreciation that we could possibly expect on this one. Only about 5.7% of net debt. And uh, that's, uh, that's by Trefis here on E-Trade. Now, when I'm pulling up the Reuters report, this one is currently a hold, but... Um, I would definitely like to see where this one goes in the next couple of months. I think we have traded down uh, more than we should have. I believe we hit a high of about 265. We're sitting around 209 right now. Uh, we've got about 13.3% of upside. Uh, the median or the mean is about uh, 238. The high price targets 300 on the street, and we've got a low of 175. So 
Uh, yes, there is a little bit of downside there. We do have annual revenue growing for 23, about nine and a half percent and 10.1% by the end of 24. And uh, let's take a look at some of these numbers on the price of sales. It's a 5% discount to their five-year average, a 26% discount on trailing PE, and a 29% discount on forward PE. Their forward is actually trading cheaper than John Deere. It's at 11.9. And their five-year average for that same metric is a 16.9. So I'm kind of really leaning one way, in my opinion here. But uh, I really wanted to see what you guys thought on these. So if you have an opinion between John Deere and Cat, uh, well, please let me know on the uh, Let It Grow Investing Challenge poll for the week. It will be pinned at the top. So go over there. If you're not a member, please join up and get your votes in. Uh, but I do have some more names that I'm really considering this week as well. Now, um, number three was going to be Walmart. Now, Walmart, ticker uh, WMT, Man, there's a there's a, a a lot of back and forth between people on this one. Now, people are saying yes, you're uh, you know the the lower income group is going to have less disposable money. They're going to be the ones shopping at Walmart, and they're not going to have as much to spend. Okay, that might be true. Now, at the same time, I think that is also going to be the group that is really going to be price sensitive, and they're going to bring more people into Walmart for those low cost options on their typical grocery, um, you know, their, their staple goods that they need in their households. So they might not have the disposable income to buy a TV or some other, um, you know, higher margin items that are going to be on Walmart shelves. But I do believe that um, we're going to see more shoppers that are going to be price sensitive, looking to go to Walmart to spend less money. But uh, that's going to be Walmart's motto. You know, they, they live in that realm of, uh, low margin, high volume, and uh, they they really look to sell items to everyone. They have really stepped up their online presence. They are doing a lot in that uh, way to to even deliver things to you and uh, really be uh, a real competitor to Amazon. So I really think that uh, you know in the way of Walmart, they are going to continue to grow. Uh, they're going to grow through bad, you know, economic situations as well as a better situation. So I think that uh, Walmart could really see some more people going into the stores and uh, really have that demand and that volume kind of keep uh, churning out. Yes, they have labor problems in the way of, you know, labor price problems where people want more money to work, but, uh, and, and the fact that goods are getting more expensive, but I still think that they're going to be able to maintain their margins and have more volume. Uh, simply by being that low-cost uh, competitor that uh, is easily access accessible to most Americans. So we've got about 1.5% uh, of uh, dividend yield. We've got a PE that's uh, a little bit high right now, 35.8. Um, Trefis is saying that we are above our current price target, but uh, I believe Reuters is repeat uh, uh, not agreeing with them there. So they are on Reuters saying that this one is a buy. Five-year return of about 83.6%. We've got three upgrades in the last 120 days, zero downgrades. Uh, price target of about 7.8% higher for a mean price of about 165. And uh, that low is sitting at 144. The high is at 180. We've got uh, annual revenue creeping up for 24, 3.5%, and a close to 7% by 2025. 
So again, a slow grower, but uh, one that I think is going to be safer through some economic downturn. Uh, you get a small dividend to start. Uh, the dividend payout is sitting at 53%. So the dividend should be safe. Uh, dividend coverage is 4.3 times. And uh, uh, some of these numbers here on price to sales, uh, they're sitting at a, a slight premium, 5% uh, premium on price to sales over their five-year average, 6% premium on trailing PE, and forward uh, PE is going to be an 11% premium. But again, I still think that they're going to be a, uh, a real competitor to uh, Amazon, competitor to Costco, and people that are going to be very price sensitive are going to continue to look for the best prices, regardless of where they are going to end up shopping. Uh, I still think that uh, these three are going to really outshine uh, and really, when things kind of turn around, as far as the economic environment, they should really do even better now that they are leaner and more efficient than they were during the pandemic. So um, again, Walmart, number three for week 21. Now, this is uh, this is going to be one of my, my favorite solar stocks. Now, this one is Enphase. Uh, and I'm looking at this one again as it has gotten crushed uh, since its last earnings report. And uh, Enphase, man, they, they've, they've had a, a quite the journey here. We came down from a high of 336 back in uh, about November. And now we are sitting at uh, 167. So this one has had a massive, massive haircut. Now, some of that was to do with uh, some of the guidance out of Q1. They uh, guided light. But as they always say that they are conservative guidance type company. So uh, I really don't know that the, the guidance is the end all be all when it comes to Enphase, but a lot of people sold off because of the fact that it had such a massive run, myself included. I trimmed out of this one. The PE is now sitting at a 48. I believe it was much higher back then. And um, there's just a lot of reasons that I think that this one is going to go forward. They are expanding into Mexico. They're expanding into Poland. Uh, they've got some uh, home energy systems launching in Australia. They've got a lot going on around the world, and I think that they're going to continue to grow. Uh, they do have uh, a growing sell-through rate in uh, Q2. Now, that means that their inventory that they're able to move within that month uh, as a percentage to their total inventory is actually rising. So they are moving product. It's not like products just sitting and costing them money. Uh, so I do think that a lot of the things that Enphase uh, has guided are going to be uh, kind of sandbagged. I think that they really didn't um, give a, a clear picture. I think a lot of that was due to a lot of the short-term outlook and really not knowing what was going on uh, in Q1, Q2, throughout the world. A lot of the problems that they were seeing, they didn't want to overcommit uh, and underdeliver. And I think that they're going to end up overdelivering delivering uh, against these weaker numbers that they pushed out in the end of Q1. So, in uh, end of July, <coughs> we should see that this one should start moving up. And uh, I really think that this one is is kind of a, a, a ripe for the picking right now as the fact that it has kind of stabilized in this lower you know price point, but it has really moved sideways here for the past uh, couple weeks anyhow. So now... Um, I, I do think that this one should start rebounding as we get some more news going forward. I don't really think that we're going to get uh, so much more punishment out of this one. 
Uh, I'm really hoping that the worst of it is behind us at this point. So I'd like to start adding. Uh, I told you guys when I sold out at 325, 330, that I would probably begin adding back in the you know the mid twos to lower 200 range. I think I did add a little bit, but uh, now that we're down here, I would uh, certainly like to add some more into my portfolio. So uh, number four for week 21 is ticker ENPH for N phase energy. Uh, so now number five, uh, definitely I always try to take a look at other stocks out there that uh, might not be getting any real appreciation right now. And uh, the one that came to mind this week was going to be Taiwan Semiconductor. So TSM. Now Taiwan Semi is going to make a lot of the uh, chips that other companies develop. So when uh, companies need their chips produced, uh, Qualcomm, NVIDIA, AMD, they normally are designers of the chips and then they have a foundry make the chip. So uh, I believe Taiwan Semi makes about 57% of the world's uh, semiconductor chips. I was going to try to pull this uh, actual numbers up here. But um, they do make a lot of the chips that are out there. Now, uh, Warren Buffett had got into this one. I believe he's closed that position, got out of it, and uh, had a U-turn on Taiwan Semi. But, um, you know, the fact that they're trying to build foundries in the U.S. and they're really investing a lot of money here... Uh, and the fact that there's a lot of problems in Taiwan uh, as far as political risk and problems with uh, Chinese-Taiwan uh, relations, uh, I'm really thinking that uh, a lot of that price has been really cut on the fact of uh, all the, the issues that were out there between those two parties. Now, uh, going forward, uh, I think that uh, Taiwan Semi has gotten to the point where they're very, very undervalued, right? We've got a PE of 2.09. Earnings per share of $39.91. So they are making a ton of money per share. That uh, price earnings has been cut as they are uh, a commodity chip producer. They're not the designer. They simply can uh, produce most of the world's uh, semiconductor chips. Now, if there were a problem and uh, you know they were shut down or they can't export, that would certainly be a major, major problem for them until the uh, the other foundries around the world are going to be able to be built. Now, uh, I'm definitely understanding that. I think a lot of that, uh, the the PE is already baked in a lot of these problems. Yes, they're a commodity chip maker, so they aren't going to get a higher PE. Now, the fact that you have a, a 2.1% dividend yield certainly helps. And uh, going forward, let me take a look here back on E-Trade. I can't uh, pull up the Reuters report. I did want to see what the analysts think about this stock when we are looking at uh, how much price uh, upside that we could potentially have when it comes to Taiwan Semi. And uh, I, I believe that this one is probably the the highest of uh, of the week here. So how much upside do we have? Yeah, we've got about 42 and a quarter percent of upside. So I definitely think that uh, the other analysts are seeing a lot of the same things that I am in the way that this one has been sold off uh, from the fact of uh, all the political tensions that are over there, from the fact that Warren Buffett got out of it, had the U-turn on what his decision was, and uh, we're trading down at $83, and we have an average price target of <clears throat> excuse me, $118.67. So we could really have a massive turnaround here. 
uh, on Taiwan Semi. And as things get uh, built up around the world, uh, I still think that they're going to be one of the the main powers that is going to be able to produce all of these semiconductor chips that go into literally everything that we make anymore. Uh, I mean, everything seems to have chips in it to uh, connect to whatever Internet of the Things is is absolutely everywhere. And uh, I still think that they have a lot of upside to go from here. So uh, I'm definitely bullish on Taiwan Semi. Uh, as I said, I know that there's political risk. I know there's there's other problems out there on them. But um, there, there is a massive amount of upside going forward. And uh, you get a dividend with that one as well. And that PE is so low that I really don't know that you're going to get uh, too much more of a cut on that PE to what you're paying on the stock right now. So that is the five that I've come up with for this week. And uh, those names, again, are Deer, ticker DE, Caterpillar, uh, the ticker is CAT, Walmart, WMT, Enphase Energy, which is ENPH, and Taiwan Semiconductor, which is TSM. So uh, with that being said, please get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in for one of these five. Let me know what you're thinking about these, uh, as well as the other ones that we uh, uh, will have voted on and other stocks that you might be interested in seeing, uh, you know, getting a little bit more information on, have me do a little bit of a, a deeper dive on them and see what we can do going forward and as far as potentially buying them uh, in future weeks or uh, you know, putting them up for a poll and seeing what other people think about uh, about your stock. So thank you guys for, uh, for stopping by. That's about all the time that I've got for today. I've got to get out to a soccer game, get the, uh, the coaching thing done, and uh, hopefully come home with a victory on that front and uh, gear up for the rest of the week here. So thanks for stopping by, and I will catch you guys in the next one. Take care. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.